Bush and Richie here with your daily takeaway. It's all going to get underway properly very soon. There will be chat uh, about some halcyon TV to come. Won't say any more about that for now. But Bush, do you reckon that back in the day, the theme music from your average TV show was longer than what happens now. These days, I, I just feel like the art of the theme music, the art of the theme tune, it's gone. They just, a show just falls on air. Well, do you know what? It's interesting, because if you want, like, Netflix dramas and stuff, have got, all got brilliant art and stuff in the uh, in the opening sequence, but I'll just hit, skip it all the time. So you've got these people yeah. whose job is to come up with the music and all the graphics, and yep. every single time, I'll just skip it, and I feel so bad for them as an industry. Yeah, it's not fair, is it? Game's gone. That shows how much it's changed. Used to go on for about three minutes. Now you don't even have to endure it. The only one that I will sit through and listen to, even though uh, I'm, there is the option to skip it, and that is uh, Succession, which is the greatest intro soundtrack in and out of a TV show I've ever seen and unheard in my life. I would actually say of modern times, a TV, um, a, a theme music I wouldn't skip if I had the option to was The White Lotus, which is now actually my ringtone. Is it really? Yes. I don't know what the Christ. song is, but, uh, but uh, you know, th- having that as your ringtone is, is next level, I'll be honest with you. This is The Daily Takeaway. So I'm going to be honest with you, uh, I do quite a lot of bad parenting in that I will, if the kids are playing up, I'll, I'll put stuff on my phone, on YouTube, just to dazzle them and keep them entertained and everything. And I was doing just this the other day, we're in, we're in the middle of half term and Easter holidays and stuff, so anything goes right now, but I was playing them old cartoons from when I was a kid. Do this quite a bit, just trying to get them into it. And I was playing them um, a classic, Dog Tanyon and the Three Musket Hounds. <laughs> what an amazing cartoon that was. And I don't know what episode it was we were watching or whatever. Uh, but my middle daughter, Thea, asked me, so what happened? What happened in the end of Dog Tanyon? Yeah. And do you know what I was thinking to myself? Even though I would sit there and eat me tea after school religiously watching that, I've got no idea. Because back then when you were a kid and you're watching the likes of Dog Tanyon, you're just watching them out of order. A little bit like how I will have a go at my other half, Katie, because she'll watch an episode of Friends, completely non-in-sequence. Do you know what I mean? What's, yep. Do, do yep, you want to yep. have some idea, some arc of how things are? Well, she's just watching them. A bit like the way you watch Frasier these days. It's just higgledy-piggledy. Uh, and I would love to go back and watch, like, Dog Tanyon from the start. It's like a grown-up. Watch it from, I don't know how many series there were, right the way from the start till the end and, and kind of find out what happened. Same with Cities of Gold. Do you remember Cities of Gold? Did they I ever find... Have they, they ever yes. find the damn place? I don't know. It just kind of went on forever. That did go on forever. Uh, I'd love to imagine that that was in some kind of sequence. Um, I think if you watched that from the beginning right through to the end, that would that <laughs> that would take months. Fifteen box sets or something like that, or or another one. Uh, Ulysses was it Ulysses thirty one, where there was this lad in space and his dad and all of his dad's mates were in suspended animation. Inexplicable. Ulysses. Jeez. I seem to remember that's how the theme tune went. That's it. But like, I don't know why they were like that or or what happened in the end. Did he ever get them down from the ceiling, essentially? So based based on this terrible bit of parenting, I just want to put it put it to the home time group this afternoon, this Tuesday afternoon right now. If there's a like a cartoon or TV show from your youth, you could kind of re-watch in order as a grown-up, what would you go for and why? Godzilla and Godzuki would be the one that I would do right now. 
particularly with a little five-year-old in the house who's really into Godzilla. But I can remember, like, the cartoon with Godzuki coming up out the water as well. But I've got dim and distant memory of Godzilla actually being slightly annoyed with Godzuki. Where did Godzuki come from? Was was the cartoon originally always Godzilla? I, I don't have a decent enough memory of it. Joe, it'd be interesting as an experiment all these years on to see if your lad Rocco, being five now, like we were, you know, kids when it was on, see if he hates Godzuki too. Because <laughs> I hated him. I he, think... ru- he ruined Godzilla. There's no two ways about it. Godzuki massively ruined it. I think there is a chance that he could because he just loves Godzilla right now. And, and like, obviously, the 2023 Godzilla is so much more scary than, than what we were watching as kids. And, and, and that was Godzilla. So Godzuki, I think, could just be a joke. Or maybe we're unfairly looking back on it and you go back maybe now and you look at, you know, Godzuki's slapstick and you think, actually, he was a bit of a visionary. Do you know what I mean? He was ahead of bottom by, like, five, <laughs> ten years. Who knows? Great shout from Emma at Press Gang. Uh, she says, actually, the programme that made me want to become a journalist. But that was awesome. That that must have been a show. I mean, Dexter Fletcher was in that. That must have been a show that, that did actually have a storyline. Surely they weren't just random episodes. I mean, maybe it was like a realistic fly-on-the-wall thing that happens to anyone who works for a new- local newspaper. Where it's, yeah. In the end of the day, it boils down to just being two people left there and it all goes online. <laughs> and everyone moves <laughs> on. Or something like that. I'll tell you another one as well. Uh, do you remember Dark Towers? It was billed as the scariest... And it had, like, legendary status, scariest programme of all time. But, I mean, I, remember, I only really remember watching one episode of it at school because it's all to do with, like, reading and, you know, joined yeah. up writing and stuff. But um, I, I don't know if it was that scary. Maybe it was a complete farce. Who knows? I think Dark Towers was scary because there were people that were shipped out of my class when that was being shown because they couldn't hack it. That's amazing, though, isn't it? I love that. It's got, like, iconic <laughs> status. Right, let's go to the phones and speak to Alex, who's got a, a programme that's been going around in her mind. Alex, tell us about it. It was a kids' show, um, and it was set in, like, I don't know, some kind of Aztec pyramid thing. And I, I, I remember watching it, absolutely loving it, and I can't remember any details of it at all. Well, I mean, what you've described sounds textbook Mysterious Cities of Gold by the sounds of things. Yeah. But but it never ended. I remember being a kid and it just kind of went on and on and on. So, you know, maybe maybe there is like four series of this thing. But I'd love to know, because the whole point of it was they were looking for the Cities of Gold, weren't they? It was mysterious yeah, after all, wasn't it, Alex? find them. I don't know. This is it. <laughs> The other thing that comes to mind with that programme that I think was the problem was that the theme music for it was around about five minutes long. So I reckon if they spent less time doing their theme music, they might have had more time to find the mysterious city, let alone the gold. Possibly, yes. Well, maybe they turned up and it was just a bit disappointing. Maybe it was like, you know, it's a bit of gold, some corners of shops and walls and that, a bit of gold, but not that much. I mean, we... It's like one of those exciting trips out that your parents take you on, and it's actually the garden centre. Yes, the Tithe Barn in Bradford-on-Avon, or <laughs> being made to walk around it or something like that. There's the irony, I'd love a garden centre now. This is it, how times change. <laughs> Me too, actually. Alex, rent the DVD and let us know how you get on. Thank you very much. Startling discovery just a couple of minutes ago. Talking about going back and maybe watching Dog Tanyon from the beginning, the iconic kids' TV show from the 80s. There's only 26 episodes. I thought it was You're like kidding. 200 episodes or something of this thing. So I could probably do that in three weeks of work. What about that? Going <laughs> to and from on the train? Consider it done. 26 episodes. I have perception that there were so many more than that. That's crazy. It's doable, though, isn't it? That's the good thing. It's doable. 
Definitely is. Over the Easter weekend, four whole days of it. Uh, Dave says Thundercats, did they ever defeat Bumrah? Uh, I think actually he's, he's obviously a cricket fan. I think he's mixed up Mumrah and uh, the fantastic Indian pace bowler, uh, Jasprit Bumrah. But, uh, I don't think I don't he'd, <laughs> he'd instil such fear across their land if he was called Bumrah. No, do you know what I mean? A lot of jokes behind it. his back and everything. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Uh, and my memory has been cleared up a little bit by Miranda. Do you remember I, I mentioned Godzuki uh, and Godzilla? She said Godzuki is Godzilla's nephew, much like Scrappy-Doo was to Scooby-Doo. So there's a bit of a moral there. Don't get nephews into classic TV shows. Now, if you look back at He-Man, I'm sure Orko then must have been a nephew in that case because he was really annoying. <laughs> uh, we've got Trevor on the line right now who has got the answer to a programme that we've been searching for. Trevor, tell us your intel. Yep, it's Cities of Gold, and I can vaguely remember that it ended with either a volcano explosion or there was some big magma thing coming up, which is melting everything down. There was a golden eagle which got melted at one point, and I'm sure it actually killed one of the goodies for once. Oh, my word. Trevor! A pocket. You, you're telling us that after all that waiting, it ended in some really good... It was a kid's show. It can't end grisly like that. It was a kid's show. I'm sure it actually killed off one of the heroes. It's the only, I've been so long time ago remembering, but I'm sure they did that, but then the kids survived. Wow, what about that? It's kind of a Pompeii ending to Cities of Gold, of people who stuck around right till the end. <laughs> yes. But I say I know I'm just like you, just missed a load of ones in between, then just caught the ending of it and thought, oh, that's different. Amazing. <laughs> so, how many how many episodes do you think are in Cities of Gold? There's probably only about twenty when you think about it. It's got to be one of those things, isn't it? Well, let's have a look. Let's do some live googling right now. The mysterious Cities of Gold. How many episodes? Thirty-nine. Not quite as many as we all thought. Wow. <laughs> that's a Sunday afternoon watching. I reckon. Don't you think? Yep, so you could fill it up if you've got nothing else to do. <laughs> this is Bush and Rich's Daily Takeaway. We were spending some time thinking about shows of our childhoods that we watched out of order and that you'd love to re-watch. It's ironic, actually, because earlier on today, when I went for a little walk, I actually felt like I was actually in a real-life cartoon. You know those, um, you know those uh, road vehicles that paint the lines down the road. Uh, there were two guys operating one of them that was putting on a fresh set of double yellow lines in town. And <laughs> honestly, I don't want to I don't want to cast aspersions on them, uh, but it, lo- <laughs> it 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 looked it looked a little bit all over the place and I felt like I was in sort of like some roadrunner cartoon where they've done the yellow lines but then there's like a some kind of um, animal in the middle of the road they've had to go round the animal there's an outline of the animal that's on the double yellow lines I honestly felt like this is something out of an actual cartoon like they would have gone over one person's foot or something like that it's asking for trouble gone over the foot or gone round it and left an outline (laughs) yeah well I mean weirdly enough I saw the other day uh, and this is quite a common scene really but it did get me thinking just the banana skin on the floor (laughs) I'm like are they quite as slippy as the PR that's been spread around about them? Do you know what I mean? I haven't actually stood on one ever, but maybe they are like they are in the cartoons. It's it's chicken and egg, isn't it? We probably never trod on a banana skin because we've been brought up thinking don't tread on them because everyone falls over them in cartoons. Petrified. I've been grown up petrified of the thought of banana skins being on the floor. So uh, I'll have to give it a try sometime, see if, if they're much cop. The other side of it is I find what is far slippier is when you've emptied the bins and all the bin juice drops all over the floor and that's oily and then you can't mop that up for ages. But that's less fun to put in a cartoon. So, look, if you feel that you have been in a real-life cartoon, you've seen some kind of scene, 
the, the most points we can award is if you've driven underneath a piano suspended from a cliff by a coyote. <laughs> um, <laughs> tell us those real-life cartoon situations. Now, I have this experience where I cycle into work from the train station and I go around the back of the Savoy, you know, like that famous old yeah, hotel gosh. in central London. Uh, but there are all, there's always stuff being filmed at Savoy because it, it, it obviously it looks like it's from the olden days. So there's always, like, movies and TV shows and period dramas being filmed there. So some of the stuff I see going around, going on around the back is literally right out of a cartoon. So, for example, just some of the stuff I've seen recently, two yeah. fellas in white dungarees with gloves on taking a pane of glass out the back of a lorry. That's straight <laughs> out of a cartoon. Uh, there was a, a grandfather clock that was being taken out the back of the Savoy the other day. If, if I, that's not straight out of a cartoon, I don't know what it is. Maybe he's got an anvil tied to it with a bit of string or rope. And then the other week, do you remember I had a, I had a puncture on my bike? Yes. That was because... Back in the Savoy, I, I cycled over a corkscrew, which then <laughs> punctured thought... the front. I mean, that's that's massively out of a cartoon. What's going on? I thought you were about to say they dropped a load of tacks on the floor to, uh, to, to catch you. Slick me with some oil. cycled through the pane glass or something. Or it right. is. It's, it's like a portal to Hanna-Barbera cartoons around the back of the Savoy. Bryony in Cambridge text to say, one of my friends decided to take a shortcut by jumping onto the lid of a roll mop bin. Uh, he, he landed on top and did a Scooby-Doo run. The lid opened, he fell in the bin, and it rolled towards the road. Luckily, it crashed into a wall, and he emerged smelling of bin juice. Wow. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Lucy's hanging on. Lucy, tell us what happened to your mum. So she was just getting a coffee, um, and it was very like wet. She'd been, it had been raining. Yep. And then... She walked outside the coffee shop and slipped on a banana skin um, and kind of was really embarrassed. So she got up and kind of just got on with things and was hopping around. She was actually in Bristol. And um, and then I actually wasn't there, but my dad was. So they were hobbling around anyway, got the train back to Reading. And my dad couldn't wait to come home and tell me the story. He was absolutely wetting himself. And um, so he was like, oh, just get on with it. Just get on with it. And then, so she went to bed. The next day, she was like, oh, I better go to A&E. Like, her leg was triple the size. Oh, no. Wow. And, um, and she'd broken it in three places. Oh, no. She really had, really had, yeah, slipped on a banana skin and, and done herself an injury. God bless her. Yeah, so we kind of haven't let her get over it, and it's years ago now. Well, that is, that is absolute concrete proof of the banana skin theory from the cartoons. So do we do we think it was the banana skin? Because you did say in the story that it had been raining as well, had the rain added to it? If it was a dry banana skin, would the same thing have happened? I mean, I don't know. She doesn't really like to talk about it. I, I imagine she doesn't really want to talk about it. I'll tell you one other question, though. This is, I guess, for you, you can ask your dad if you weren't there, but when she when she went over on the banana skin, did she was she in, in mid-air for like four or five seconds like they do in cartoons before she came back down? <laughs> According to my dad, but my dad just likes to elaborate a story. Amazing. That's so cool. Brilliant. Lovely to speak to you. Take care. Uh, John's in Enfield, but was fishing in Ireland. Went to the far side of a farmer's field. Uh, his mates stayed near the car. He didn't catch for about two hours. Started to walk back towards the others, only for about 30 young bulls to run over the hill heading towards him. He says, my rod bag is bright red. I had to walk backwards for about 100 yards with all my mates laughing. <laughs> Wow, I, I think the, the nat natural cartoon progression of that would be for his waders to fall down around his ankles <laughs> with a swanny whistle noise or something like that. <laughs>
Uh, Ali has texted, they're getting ready for a boxing class. We're not going to mess with them, but the message says, straight out of a cartoon, I slipped on an actual banana skin in the middle of Surrey Street Market in Croydon. I was mortified. Uh, further reports of uh, slipping on things from Ricky in Canvey. Ricky, what happened? So we was um, out shopping in Basel and Town Centre and we was literally just walking along and there was about a mouthful of a bell pepper on the floor and he just trod on it, slid for about a metre and flew onto his back. <laughs> wow! <laughs> now the, the the bell pepper not not used so often in cartoons, but obviously still got the same slippery properties a, ban- a banana has. It turns out it's the same slippery properties. Yeah. Do you know what we should do? Right, and this is maybe this is for a home time show in the future. We need to rent out a, like a, a gymnasium, school gymnasium from the eighties. Get a load of different items that are, are purportedly really slippy and just test them out. Just see which is the slippiest one and we will know once and for all. Maybe the bell pepper is slidier than a banana. Do you know what I mean? Bike, uh, bike helmets um, and uh, knee pads and elbow, elbow pads for you and I and I reckon we're safe. A couple of boiler suits and we'll have a definitive answer. That's the one. Slippy Olympics, we should call it, don't we? Oh, my word, yes. <laughs> slippy I, I, Olympics. I, I don't want to try and top you there, Ricky, but surely it would not be... It, would it be the Slip Olympics? Oh, yeah, that'd do. <laughs> I'm not sure you have topped him there, Richie, but it's uh, worth the effort. <laughs> the, moment it, the moment it came out, I realised it hadn't. <laughs> Mark spotted uh, a man with suit and briefcase running towards uh, London Bridge Station, going over on an actual banana skin, I think with a suit and briefcase, possibly even funnier. This is The Daily Takeaway. As we stand here and do this show, in the corner is our beloved show mascot, the, the wonderful granddad, the £10 doll, uh, that I got on Facebook Marketplace from Southend. And, yeah, he's had, a, he's had a mild head operation after we dropped him accidentally on the desk in his debut show, but Richie and I stuck him back together in super glue, and he's looking a million dollars. But it's, it's been interesting to see the reaction, hasn't it, Richie, of different members of the Absolute Radio family of having Grandad in the room 24-7. It's been interesting to see. It has been interesting to see. There's been a couple, I have to say, that I've been saddened by. I was, I was saddened by Ben Burrell's reaction. Yeah. I was... Saddened by Jay Lawrence's reaction that I've seen. Neither of them... They were complaining about the fact that Grandad was in their direct eyeline as they broadcast. I find that quite comforting, though. Occasionally, if I'm lost for words, I'll look into his slightly cold, pale blue eyes and his mop of curly blonde hair, and I feel okay again. I suddenly regain my footing. And, and also, the, the aggressive studio air conditioning means that his his rocking chair rocks in the breeze and it actually looks like he's <laughs> nodding along with what you're saying. It's very reassuring. Hey, you know, and to see a, a, a 30 centimetre long porcelain doll rock on its own isn't creepy at all. It's just comforting. <laughs> and that's why we get to a very special point of uh, not only this evening's show, but this week as we head into the school holidays. What we want to do here on Home Time is allow you guys, the Home Time listeners, the Absolute Radio listeners, the opportunity to have Grandad in your house for the next few days because, yeah, he's seen the inside of the studios, but we want more for him, don't we, Richie? We do indeed think about it. When you're back at school, particularly primary school as kids, you know, you might have like a, a class pet, a class mascot or whatever. They, they'd always get to go home once a week to a different house. But then when it came to the holidays, one lucky child would have that, you know, have that little animal or, 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 or mascot for two weeks. And that's what you could be getting with Grandad. So get in touch with us now. Tell us what local sites you would show Grandad if you were lucky enough to have him with you for a few days as a special trip. It's, it's an honour to welcome to the show from the Dave Berry Breakfast Show, the brilliant Emma Jones. Emma, how are you doing? I'm good, thank you. How are you guys? 
We're good. We're, we're really good. good. You, you did get in touch with us on Instagram. Uh, I, I mean, for want of a better word, expressing your interest in our granddad doll. As you will have heard, uh, we're offering home-time listeners, or anyone really, the, the chance to take granddad home with them for a week and show them the sights. I know you get up to some amazing adventures that you know you guys get up to as a family. Would you be up for taking granddad for a few days, Emma? Mm, I wouldn't say I expressed interest in granddad. I was actually uh, not very happy with you guys for leaving him in my studio. Well, a, a studio is one thing. Uh, home environment is a completely different thing. Like the, the, the presence of a, a of a loving old gentleman on a rocking chair in the corner of the room, I think is a wonderful thing. He is absolutely terrifying, and <laughs> I don't want to have anything to do with him. When I came into work to the sight of an old doll with its face wrapped in a bandage the other day, I was absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely horrifying. So he's out of the bandage now, though. Yeah, he's out of the bandage. He looks a million dollars. He looks as good as new. I mean, let's just say hypothetically then, Emma, that you were going to take Grandad for, uh, say, three or four days to take him out with your family. Where? Just give us one example of a place that you guys would go that Grandad could tag along. Um, I think I might accidentally drop him off the end of South End here. Wow. Right. Okay. That is not unbelievable. <laughs> unbelievable. That's a very Look, different I, trip I, to I got... Switzerland, isn't it? It is. <laughs> I've got a baby, okay? So I don't want him to be uh, scared for life, scarred for life by the sight of Grandad. So I wish him well, um, but there's no place for him in my family, I'm afraid. Okay. Well, there you go. You heard it here first on the show. Emma Jones ruling herself out of having Grandad for a few days on holiday. <laughs> Sorry, guys. <laughs> Lots of interest in, in housing Grandads for a week and taking him on tour, which is, which is wonderful. Not everyone shares the excitement. Steve says... Have him for a week. When the week is up, Bush and Richie will mysteriously stop taking your calls and the one looking after Grandad will have some misfortune happen to them within seven days. Like the ring, but really good. <laughs> that is absolutely one of the most terrifying messages we've ever received on this show. <laughs> this is The Daily Takeaway. We also want to say a big thank you to the lovely people at Hard Rock Cafe that have sent us an amazing thing. What they've done is is combined their brilliant food with a brilliant film. So apparently, the new John Wick movie, John Wick 4, which I've not watched any of the John Wick films, but they're supposed to be fantastic, this one in particular. Uh, they've basically teamed up with Lionsgate, the people who make John Wick, the series, to come up with a load of food collaborations too. And I love this. And I'm going to put this on my LinkedIn profile as like a mantra, live like Wick. That's the whole thing. And what they've done, they've sent us in a kind of John Wick burger and a John Wick cocktail thing, which has been an amazing feast during the show. Hopefully you didn't hear us. Uh, just that, but, you know, we've just been, someone's clearly been eating during the songs and they're trying to hold it together whilst they're doing the talky bits on the radio. Hopefully you didn't hear any of that, but it was absolutely fantastic. So if you like Keanu Reeves or you like your, your, your movies or your burgers, get yourself down to Hard Rock Cafe London and Hard Rock Cafe Piccadilly Circus to try it out because the burger was someone else. This is Bush and Rich's Daily Takeaway. Is that my phone going off or is that right. the end of the podcast? So this is it. Is, it this what, is this what goes on when your phone rings? How does that look in the in the like the dentists? <laughs> right, look. What's actually happened here is our producer has got up the theme music to the first series of the White Lotus, which was quite operatic. Mine is actually a little bit more rainy from the second series. I promise you. Hello, contact four five four. Can I call you back? I'm getting my hair done. Is that really what you've got? I tell you what. I tell you what. I tell you what. Uh, th th this this podcast hasn't ended yet, has it? Uh, it's, it's still it, it appears not to have ended. 
Why don't you ring me right now and I'll turn my phone on and you'll see what right. happens. Okay. That's this true. is high tech. Oh, Nick, can you ring him? Because my phone's char- charging out there. We've got one. <laughs> it's just like you in, dear listener. We've got one uh, like plug socket in the entire room and our hungover producer Molly's using it at the moment. It's looking at Just Eat or something. Right. Nick's, producer Nick's going to call you now. Okay. Oh, my Lord. <laughs> If I was in a cafe with you and that went off, I'd have to really seriously consider what was going on. Here we are. It's really kicking in now. Wow. That has blown my mind. Uh, Cut the call, Nick. Cut the call. (laughs) (laughs) Nick wants you to pick up. I've hung up. Oh, okay. 